Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This that rebel music. 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 This that rebel. This that rebel. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm your host Justin Sanders, and uh, joining me this week, as pretty much every week, my co-host John Stefanzik. John, how you doing today, bud? Doing good. Just uh, enjoying your summer still, I hope. Yeah, just kind of hang out here, being fun employed. Got to start thinking about getting. I don't. You know, I don't we're leaving. Leaving next week to go do road trip up to New Hampshire. I don't. I don't think it's called. It's fun employment when you like have a job that starts in a few weeks. I. I, I think it's just like um, taking a vacation. I think you're like a businessman on vacation right now. Pretty much, yeah. That's yeah. A better way of putting it. Well, that's good. Uh, we got a. Not too much to talk about today on the show. We're going to do some recruiting, be it baseball, football, talk a little bit about the MLB draft. Um, J.B. Woodman selected 57th overall, second round uh, by the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, great for him. Looking forward to that. I mean, it, from my perspective, not you know being a, much of an insider when it comes to projecting prospects, baseball up through the minor league ranks and all of that, but... You know, Woodman's a five-tool player. Everybody talks about how complete of a college player he is. Do you, do you see him getting on the uh, the field in the MLB in the next five years? He's got a good shot. Um, if he plays like he did, I mean, second half of the season. Wood, my, my and that's probably being too harsh, my one like, critique of Woodman over the years has been, I think he gets tight in big situations. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think but if he that. can go and just be a guy on an MLB roster, I think he can excel. It's kind of, it's a little... A little bit, and this is an interesting comparison, but I'll make it anyway. Right. Kind of like Robert Kim probably wasn't best suited to be the guy or the leader of a team, but he can go to the Arizona Cardinals and just be another dude and just be a, and wreak havoc. So I could see women benefiting from not having to be the guy essentially. Yeah, women did. I mean, women did have a good season that freshman year when there was so much up, like upperclassman leadership on that team, and he was basically just like an extra bat, you know, in that DH spot. He was. He was really good that season. I think I agree with you on that. Uh, Blue Jays, I guess, seem like a good fit for him. Um, obviously known for their bats. But how's their outfield shape up, I guess, for the long term? Aren't most of their big-name players infielders? Am I am I wrong on that? Bautista is a third baseman. Is that right? Encarnacion's a first baseman. Yeah, and they're both free agents. It's hard to say. I, yeah, it's, I don't, it's too I hard don't to project. I really yeah. trying to project that out because who knows? Because, I mean, Woodman could be – he could traded also immediately. Yeah, exactly. He could be traded for some other dude if they Blue Jays are trying to put together some postseason run. I mean that like no what, like Chris Ellis is now going to be part of the Braves' future when he was drafted by the Angels. No so. doubt. So let's talk about some other uh, draft impacts for Ole Miss. We'll, we'll get to the signees, the the high schoolers in a second. On that front, Ole Miss did really well, John. Yeah, we were talking about it all weekend. Um, Basically, everybody's saying potentially best class in school history. Uh, well, we got like another month before the signing window closes for MLB just to know that they're not going to go pro. Uh, but let's talk about some of the current players that got drafted. Um, 
Brady Bramlett and Chad Smith both gone, uh, what, 10th or 12th-ish round, somewhere in there? Bramlett was either the 12th or the 13th. Chad was maybe the 11th. 11th somewhere with the 10th, yeah. um, They'll definitely go. Chad... Chad Smith is a guy that projects well into the pros because of his stuff, but I don't know if he how, how big of an asset he is on a college roster because of his inconsistency. And who knows? I mean, it's not the end of the war. I mean, I, you would you would take him back next year for sure just to see if he can become more consistent in year two at the college level. But at the same time, that's not a guarantee by any stretch. So it's not – I mean, obviously, the more arms, the merrier, but that's not the end of the world necessarily – and Bramlett is, I mean, he would have, Bramlett would have been great. It would have been slotted in, I think, as a Saturday starter if he had come back. But because I think he would have seen him get moved off Friday. But yeah, I can, but he, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know. I was a little surprised he went that high because I don't know if Brady is, uh, how, how much is pro baseball really his long term right, sure. ambitions? Um, I was, because I was texting Jeff Benico, listener of the pot, yeah, is a, He's a Red Sox fan. I was sitting there going, really? The Red Sox took a pick? You know, I was kind of surprised the Red Sox took a pick on him. The other thing, too, is I don't – does Bramlett really project to the major league level? He's got a fastball that doesn't, doesn't just jump off his arm. Doesn't last long in the games, and the secondary stuff still needs development. I thought I thought it was interesting that he went as high as he did, but we'll see what – We'll see what happens with Brady. It's definitely interesting. Um, I, we skipped right over Errol going in the sixth round of the Dodgers. Martigue um, went the top of the seventh. So what is? So what, are we are we projecting Robinson's defense with that sixth round pick? I mean, what do you see there? He's athletic. He's a great shortstop. When he has the the proper mentality at the plate, he's, he can be. Uh-huh. He's fine offensively. We saw that in the second half of the year. Um, I think he's an athletic shortstop that continues to get. He, he has a high ceiling defensively, consistency. But teams don't, pro teams don't care if they're inconsistent right now because they, they know they're going right, to stick they, them and let right. them. That's not a big cog. So Errol, I think his ceiling's high. You know, high. I think he's got a ways to go. But um, we're, we're, but like as like a de- like a defensive specialist, like he's he's never going to be like a top of the order. No power, I, I know. But if you can, if you can play, if you can hit. You can hit two thirty at shortstop if you can play, but like top five defense. I think that's his potential. You know, right, would right. be to hit would be to hit two fifty, be a be a seven hole hitter at the pro level, be able right. to give you some singles now there, and then but then really be a defensive guy. That's what he's his defensive he, potential is what he's being drafted on. Does he need to get bigger? He's kind of small, isn't he? Um, probably, but. I mean, as we, I mean, you and I know your metabolism from twenty to twenty-four yeah. and being oh, yeah. changes. He'll, I think that'll kind of naturally occur over time. Probably that true. wouldn't bother me. Um, let's see, Lartigue to the Phillies, uh, seventh round. Yep, is Lartigue's defense really major league level? That's my question. I don't know. Um, it's a good, it's a good question. He he definitely was impressive with his approach at the plate this season. I think. yeah, very good. If he can just be an average defensive catcher, he could potentially be a plus offensively. And he's left-handed. That really does. That's beneficial as well. Right. It's and it's hard. I mean, uh, there's there's not that many good offensive catchers. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's 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 a tough position offensively they're all they're, they're generally at the bottom of the lineup except for you know your buster posies or whatever and you can't you really can't count on them to be long-term offensive cogs just because the catcher position right. is so, so hard on them yeah 
exactly. But I, I think he's an he's an intriguing prospect. Um, the fact that he's a switch hitter, he's a lefty. Uh, His defense got a lot better throughout the year. I think he's a guy that you look at and say he keeps going, and he's a left-handed catcher. That yeah, can... but he's not concussed. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's pretty good. Um, let's see who else. He, he pro. I think he has the best shot. Besides really? Woodman, besides Woodman to, yeah, to make the the big league, I think he has a better shot than Arrow. So Colby Bortles goes undrafted, coming back next season. Um, what what do we make of him as a prospect? I mean, usually as a senior, you don't want to come back because you lose all of your your bargaining power when it comes to the next year's draft. Uh, but with Bortles, it seems like most people are saying he needed to come back. He needs to prove. Uh, I guess consistency is that what we're looking for from Bortles? He was a disappointment from a consistency standpoint this year. Right. So is that what major league teams are going to be looking for in his senior season? I mean, he's he's been a, a big prospect since he got to Ole Miss. I'd say he's got the physical tools. He's he's got the defensive tools at, at third base. Looks like he might he might even play some other positions next. He's going to be he's a first baseman long term, but he has the skills to play that effect effectively. So that's not really I think defensively. So he'll maybe be, maybe scouts looking for him to play consistent defense at first next season, in addition to uh, not you know mentally falling apart. He at the he, he regressed offensively from sophomore. Well, to, yeah, if you remember at the beginning part of the season, a lot of people were criticizing him, and we were over here defending him, looking at his stats, but those they really did just keep. Going down, he was drawing a lot of walks and respect earlier in the year. People realized they could pitch to him more, and he he yeah. had a couple moments like the uh, the Auburn game, the, the Sunday Auburn game. He hit the two run home in the eighth to set up a Linux three run game tire, and then the walk off. I mean, but yep. he, I mean, Lartigue emerged as the guy to to uh, protect Woodman and not Bortles, where you would have assumed Bortles would have been right. that guy into the season. So that's. Sure. Bortles will have an opportunity on this team with Larti on the 2017 team with Lartigue and Woodman gone to be the guy in the middle, you know, to be the four hole hitter in the middle of the lineup, which is what he was initially beginning of the year. It just didn't work out, but he he's going to have that opportunity. I would think you would have, you know, maybe Dillard would be your other, you know, freshman cog in the lineup. We'll see how the He's gonna. This, I think he's gonna have to be a leader next year as well. Um, yeah, he he has to. He and Tate are the veteran guy. He and Tate need, are gonna go in as a three and four hole. Yeah, punch. Maybe if you have a lefty, is Diller righty or lefty? I don't know yet. Uh, but it, I could see. see splitting him with a lefty potentially. But those are on right now your three and four hole guys. Uh, Diller's a switch hitter. Oh, he's a switch. Well, shoot. Yeah. That's gonna be legit. So yeah, let's get into that now. I think we, we might have we might have forgotten some current players that signed and we'll come back to it. But let's talk about um Ole Miss's freshman think, signing. Uh, class. Wyatt Short's the only guy right, we forgot. Yeah, he went how late did he get? Uh, uh right around when Chad and Bramlett. I mean all those guys those guys went the the second second Wyatt round. Bramlett and Chad Smith all went like eleventh eleventh, thirteenth round. And I honestly forgot who took Wyatt. I'll look it up. I did too, but uh, it's that same situation I think that we were talking about, where you don't want to you don't want to skip as a junior and then come back as a senior and have no bargaining. So Wyatt power. should go. He doesn't have the stature you would ideally want, but he's um, but he's I think he he can be. He, it wouldn't shock me to see him on a big league roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got an arm. It brings a different arm angle to. The Cubs, oh, yeah. took, the Cubs took Wyatt. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. I was, I was happy about that. Um, Wyatt can be a lefty out of the pen in the big leagues. I like it. Would love to see him in that Cubby Blue one day, but you know, 
Um, so yeah, so Ole Miss's signing class, very impressive, John. We were just looking at the raw numbers uh, before we started this. Perfect game rankings. Um, two top 100 catchers, Cooper Johnson and Thomas Dillard, who you mentioned. Dillard's from Oxford. Johnson, um, is he is he from Florida, John? I can't remember how, what his connection. But I'm, I'm guessing we got to attribute the success of this class to Bianco coaching the Team USA baseball uh, a couple summers ago. Do you think that's fair? That's what Because all these kids played together on Team USA. I'm guessing that's how they have this connection to Bianco. Yeah, I think that's part um, of it. Lafferty has connections down yeah, there. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, so and Mike's always been strong recruiting. It's just that he has fewer effective scholarships to work with. So he has to, I mean, he, I mean, a few years ago, he had to kind of, he has to take gam- a little bit of a gamble to say, okay, I got to go for guys that may sign, but maybe they don't. And I think, uh, I think four, these year, are, four years ago, he got, he got just decimated by the draft this year. He kind of caught a break and was able to get all these guys. looks like all these guys are going to end up on campus. Seems like it. So let's, let's talk about, um, who Ole Miss lost and who they brought in because I think it's almost it's it's impressive not just the quality of the of the signees but also the fact that they're addressing positions that we just lost people at. Yep. So, um, we're losing Lartigue obviously, but bringing in Cooper Johnson and Thomas Dillard. Johnson's a defensive specialist. Dillard is a is a power hitter. Um, yep. gotta gotta love that. Also, you know, losing Chad Smith and Brady Bramlett out of uh, although Chad Smith wasn't necessarily in the rotation at the end of the year, still. A guy that started as a starting pitcher, but then um, signed Will Etheridge, who's the number forty-nine prospect on Perfect Game. Ryan Rollinson, who's number fifty-one. Um, a lot of talk about Rollinson being your your Friday night guy as a left-hander. I've got some really good pitches from what I hear. Um, that's huge. Just to immediately, immediately, immediately bully bullshit, and also some of those guys from last year that we heard about as potential rotation guys. You know, we're talking about them earlier. Connor Green, uh, Sean Johnson, one more year removed from Tommy John surgery. James MacArthur as a sophomore, um, and then you add in these two guys, it's, it's impressive. You lose Errol Robinson to the draft, and Gray Kessinger, number 74 prospect, likely going to be the shortstop next year. Um, not so much in the outfield, John. I, I guess that's still where the big question mark is, but you got to think maybe um, so maybe Thomas Dillard or someone like that could be converted into an outfielder. Obviously, we've already done that with Watson and Olenek, former shortstops who play outfield now. Um, but yeah, I mean, addressed a ton of positions. They've also picked up Greer Holston, right-handed pitcher, Jackson Tavel, at 175 and 284, respectively, um, just to, to add to that bullpen more. And we were talking, John, I don't know if it was before the show or not, but you've been, you've been thinking maybe if we had enough starters to move Parkinson back to the bullpen, um, I would, would like to see. I, nice. I think you need a lefty. It'd be nice to have a lefty in the pen. Parkinson looked good on that role early in the year before they need him in the rotation. He really did, yeah. I mean, my to me, the way the ideal thing would be you have Rawlson's a lefty on Friday night. You can then have, say, Pagnazzi or Stokes or whoever. You're, you're Connor Green, Wolf. There's a four different right. You know, you have that. You have three different right-handed arms that can get you. That can be a bridge to Stokes if you don't go directly to Stokes. And then 2014 team had Mike had, basically it was Trent to Greenwood was the formula and Aaron uh-huh. could pitch two or three innings or an inning, depending on what was, what was needed. And I think you could do the same thing, except flip it from a dexterity standpoint, have a right handed say MacArthur on Saturday, go six, seven innings and then hand it over to Parkinson to get the last two or three. And then that lets you kind of save 
on paper yeah. save Stokes and then have Stokes be able to go an inning or two on Sunday, depending on how you piece that together. Some and then looking at maybe Connor Green or Feigl being the Sunday guy. I think Feigl can develop into a solid Sunday starter. I'm pretty, I'm fairly optimistic on that. I think the rotation of Rawls and MacArthur and Feigl has a pretty high ceiling. And then Sean, yeah. Sean Johnson has a has a shot to bounce back. That wouldn't, um, that wouldn't surprise me. And then another this. Then I mean another interesting bat going forward too. How does Michael Fitzsimmons fit into the team? Right. Can yeah. he can he be a guy? So, but they're, they're going to have some depth and pieces to play with. They, the outfit getting the outfield to be productive is going to be kind of the key. I think Olenek, your right fielder, he's kind of settled into that. Watson defensively will be be perfectly fine in center. He's he's going to be provide uh, above average defense across compared to the rest of the league. It showed some flashes of power there at the end of the season where he can maybe come in and be a solid um, offensive. You know, he's not going to be a, a cleanup hitter, but he he's can. Still, he's still probably like your nine-hole hitter, right? I mean, he can move people over. He's fast. He's defense. I mean. Yeah, you can put him at the bottom of the lineup and just, if I kind of have a double kind of a lead second off. leadoff. Yeah, that's the idea. I mean, he, exactly. Well, who, who is the leadoff hitter? Um, Golson, maybe. I mean, he did it some this season. Yeah, maybe I could see that. Golson, uh, Olenek, Blackman, Bortles, yeah. something like that. Left field between Golson and then what somebody coming in, they they can figure out somebody to um to play left and give them some offense. Yeah, I think that. I'll be. I'm really interested to see how Fitzsimmons does sophomore season because we've seen we've seen some people come in have freshman years similar to he had and then kind of disappear their sophomore season. Um. Obviously, J.B. Woodman, more important player to the team, and uh, Bosfield the same way, but they, they went through that a little bit. But I guess I'm thinking more along the lines of um, some of the flashes we saw from uh, – oh, man, I'm doing it again, John. I, the, Brantley the catch- Bell was hot as far oh, as yeah. freshman year. And then he transferred away, yeah. No, I was a- think, I'm thinking of um, the I, – I always do this. The catcher that doesn't wear batting gloves, uh, the uh, – he didn't do anything this season after showing some flashes last season. He'll be a junior oh, uh, next year. Not Fortes. Uh, no, Fort, Fortes is another catcher that probably is going to. Perkins. Yeah, Nick Perkins. Yeah. And Fitzsimmons, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I hope Fitzsimmons keeps developing because it looks you, you, see, you have DJ Miller as well, a guy. Right, that, yeah. He could be something. I mean, they're, they're going to have some. They're going to have. There's. As we go through this, there's enough guys. There's a lot of guys. Mike's, Mike's, out Mike's you can find nine. The, the key is going to be experience in the middle of the order. And that's who's, I think who's you, gonna... can, you can complain about um, postseason performance the last two years, going 0 and 4 in the tournament, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, I think these last two classes, Bianco has really done a good job of setting up. Uh, for the future, so we'll have to see you know where we go with this. But very impressive exactly. class. I think Golson's your leadoff guy, and then uh, Olenek. Probably, probably Olenek, but really, I could see you know we love Olenek. He's a gritty guy, uh, fan favorite. I could see Olenek leading off, honestly. I could see, okay. I, see, I could see him having a good season, but I was also going to say I could see him kind of shrinking a little bit next season. I could see that as well, and you could kick him. I mean, Blackman and Bortles being in the middle of the lineup between. Uh, Really, Blackman just has to Cooper keep Cooper Johnson will what be at the bottom. His job is to play defense. Right. Um, we'll see what happens. Where's yeah, a great? There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. question marks in the middle with you know potentially Greg Kessinger, Thomas Dillard. You know, so we'll have to see how these freshmen can actually play. And we know the dangers of 
starting freshman offensively, you know, those scouting reports get out and everything changes. But um, we'll get to let's see what else. Uh, what else baseball wise, John? Should we talk about uh, what's still going on in the tournament? Oh, we we probably should talk about the SEC, huh? Maybe maybe a little overrated uh, going into the NCAA tournament. Only one team makes uh, it down. I'm not going to say overrated because the regional thing is really random. It comes down to the double elimination weekend. Super, it's 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 one series. So are you going to judge? I mean, the team can go cold and then potentially just not have it happen. I mean, we if we think through, I mean, South Carolina didn't play very well against Oklahoma State. I think we saw South Carolina's best weekend of the year there in Oxford. I mean, they haven't. They looked, they looked really good. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State gets beat. I mean, they lose a one nothing game on Friday. I mean, that's going to happen. It just happened at the wrong time for them. Funny, the power went out. You would think. I guess the W department's not on their game right now at State. Um, <laughs> then uh, let's who who LSU gets. LSU was that was LSU was not a vintage LSU team this year. They just got hot at the end of the year, and and the other thing that happened is that ESPN and Omaha know they need to like get some eyeballs on the TV and get some get some fans in the seats, and LSU like fans like, provide like, that for them. So they the NBA. They, you sound like. The NBA conspiracy yeah. theories yeah. over here. Yeah, pretty much. There, there, there's some, uh, some TV. You're breaking up a little bit. There's I think some, you're saying uh, Draymond. Some TV politics being played in there. Draymond so everybody, Green. like the whole rally policy. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Don, you yeah. broke up well, a little was, bit there. You're, you were saying uh, they, the LSU draws in the, the viewers. But so they're out. LSU right? gets viewers and the rally possum was. I mean, ESPN clearly wanted to force the rally yeah. possum storyline down. Also, like they showed Kim once they showed her a hundred times, and I don't think and she. That, I mean, it's like, come on, guys, like be more creative than this. But they they, they want to force story LSU and it didn't work out. I'm kind of rooting for Coastal, I guess, in Omaha because I can't really. There's not any other team I can really get behind. Cliff Godwin just blew it in the second game. Yeah, I they know. I was really hoping for ECU. I watched that, out. and you know, I don't know. I mean, if Bian- if Bianco's team had done what Godwin's did, then like I think all this message board would have melted down because yeah, they were like they're trying Godwin's- to bunt. Couldn't get a bunt down. It was like good grief, guys. That's rough. It's only Godwin's second season, though. I mean, he's done great things there. He got him to. A, I mean, he got him within. You know, ninety feet from Omaha at one point. So that's exactly right, John. My question is: uh, so we were upset as a fan base that LSU got that eighth national seed when we thought Ole Miss metrically was very similar to them, plus two two out of three head to head. How do you think Ole Miss would have done with LSU's draw? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I would have liked a super versus because the regional I, they I would had, not have minded that they had an easier regional. Um, coastal. Ole Miss probably scraps out of that regional, and then Coastal was a team they had beaten. Uh, Chad Chad Probably Smith once, beaten yeah. earlier, but they it was a tournament, and, and things change. Over, I mean, it's so early. No doubt. I I don't know. It's hard to say. It just comes down to how you play that day. I mean, Ole so Miss earlier earlier in the season, Ole Miss was kind of um, getting innings out of. Smith and Johnson that they wouldn't get later on, and it made them that much more formidable. Because, like you said, Parkinson coming out of the bullpen that weekend, uh, the the bullpen was like I, I would say much 
it wasn't uh it wasn't that it was better at the top there were just way more guys that were effective back back then when that tournament was going on yeah. um it, it wasn't like later in the season when basically Bianca was only going to short Stokes and Feigl yeah I don't know how they would have done because Ole Miss never quite looked like an Omaha team to me all year I'll, I'll say this I, I, think, I agree I think the I think the SEC kind of exposed maybe the a potential shortcoming of the RPI formula because all the good teams play each other and play to their RPIs and they all beat right. up on them. I mean, there was two, clearly like two tiers in the SEC. Either, I mean, either you hosted, you didn't get in. They didn't have anybody as a two or three seed, which is yeah, it kind of yeah, it kind of makes I don't know. It's it does make you question. Well, the ACC appeared to have a more balanced league throughout, and they got see Miami, but I mean Miami's the only one going Omaha out of their league, right? Uh. Because yes, Tech, Louisville TCU, lost. A&M show. I, I was surprised A&M blew game, lost game three the way they did. I thought A&M yeah. was a legit national title contender. Me too. They're really good. But, but that, that, that to me is an example of just one weekend. I think if they played TCU five weekends in a row, they beat TCU at least three of those. I think they're – but Probably, yeah. I mean, A&M was dominant all season, but yeah, they just – I did I time. did like TCU bringing bubbles into the A&M ballpark. Uh, no, that's so that was, funny. No, that's that so cool. funny. The bubbles, man. I like the I like the thing they do with the consecutive balls and all that, but some of the stuff they do is just too much. I like the Big 12 getting three teams in. They get TCU, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Now, Texas Tech had a clown card draw, let's be honest. I mean, they were Yeah, but Tech's, uh, Tech's been to Omaha like twice in three years. It's only the coaches. They've like established season. themselves, but they, they, got, they got a good draw, but they, I mean, they were clearly the best team in the Big 12 and kind of earned that. So yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. Um, who else? Miami went. Miami taunting the Miami that dude that hit the Grand Slam taunting was just so obnoxious. It was classic uh, Miami. Yeah, I I saw a tweet about that, but I didn't see the video. What about that uh, UCSB walk off Grand Slam to go to Omaha? That was pretty crazy. Uh, that was beautiful. That was, I, I just, saw it too. That guy only had one home run on the season. That was wild. Uh, watching Louisville blow up like that was pretty <laughs> awesome. I thought it was great. So, two Bianco coaches make the Supers, but no Bianco assistants in Omaha. Yeah, the two Bianco assistants, you know, everybody criticizes Mike for screwing up games. They both kind of had, you know, <laughs> crap happen to him as well. So, it was happening, buddy. That's funny. And the SEC, um, I mean, State. Yeah, State gets swept State by Arizona. Got, they just got beat. Well, they, they also choked. Uh, well, they were up like 5-1 in the eighth in game two. They got out trying to force a game though. three. Arizona kept kept screwing it up until the – well, of course, they were up 5-1 in the eighth, and they go right. single guy just jacks one over the fence. They go uh, – what was the kid from Brandon's name that plays out? That's the outfielder for him. Yeah, Reno, is that it name? Humphreys? Yeah, he's the closer and the – He comes in, gives up the game tire, but they had gotten out of the ninth inning somehow, but then uh, Arizona, Arizona ends, up, ends up walking off in the 11. Arizona out, out hit him 2-1 to one that night, give or take, so they're – they were the better team that weekend. Now, if Arizona State play, you know, five series, I don't think Arizona wins the majority of them. But part of it's just timing. And then I yeah. think it really looked like that being home for the Super and the pressure of playing at home kind of got to these teams. Like, State's got all these crowd there, and they, they expect to go. But then Arizona comes in there with house money. Oklahoma State went to Columbia with house money. BC got to game three, and they had lost the Justin Dunn game. Uh, East Carolina was playing with house money and almost pulled it off. And then TC, I think 
I think A and M, the home home crowd, revenge against TCU pressure was a, decided game three. I think A and M got in their own heads on. I guess it was that Sunday night that they played? Yeah, because it was only Florida game last night. Florida took care of business though last night, like you expect them to. They probably yeah. the whole thing because um, there's a lot of teams that are cute stories. But if you look top to bottom, Florida, Florida, and Miami have the two or the kind of the two stalwarts that have made it. I don't know if Tech has enough has enough depth to do it either, just because they. Let's be honest, they played in a bad. They played well. We say bad conference. They have three teams. No, they played in a not the deepest conference, and they've been able to work around that. We'll see, though. It could be totally wrong. Um, I don't think there's a lot of storylines in Omaha because Florida Florida fans can't even fill up their stadium for a super regional game. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Um, Oklahoma State will travel, I would think, decently. TCU will have a decent crowd. Coastal's not going to travel. Santa Barbara will have its little section that ESPN can be like, look, the Gasho fans are here. They're not going to travel. Um <laughs> Miami's not going to travel. It's, it's not. Omaha is not happy with who they got this year. I mean, they don't, it's not like they got. I mean, if they had gotten State LSU and old, you know, and Ole Miss or something like that, they would have, you know, been doing backflips and cartwheels. But. Well, I mean, you know, you know, the State fans are upset, um, not about missing Omaha, but just because they don't get to do the Ole Miss at home again acronym this season. Yeah, um, well, they still, you know, that's they. They live for that. They live for um, that. Really, Ole Miss had had a great forty eight hours. They kept all their dudes and yeah. then watched them go zero and two. Yeah, I had yeah. I, see. I had told I don't think I, had, I didn't tell you. I told a couple people. I was like, I want State to win the World Series just to see the Ole Miss fan base implode. And yeah. I think I I think I reverse jinx State by doing that. Though. There you go. Well, that works. Well, hey, whatever it takes, man. Listen, I I know uh, you live up in the north where it doesn't matter, but have some consideration for those of us that have to deal with it down here. It's yeah. it's it's bad enough going to the grocery store and seeing you know I mean it probably won't be as bad but I went to the grocery store. Uh, You're in Madison now. It's not as bad there. It's is pretty it? bad, dude. It's not as bad. There's there's moral miss people, but it's pretty bad. I was saying I went to the grocery store after they won that SEC championship and like people were decked out. Everybody was decked out. Well, I'm sure that. Well, what else are you gonna do? If, do you have to root for as a state fan? Because you know that Dak graduating is just gonna leave and Mullen. It it's obvious Mullen's been trying to leave and. That graduate. They don't. They don't believe that. And then they don't Jeff Simmons that. makes you look dumb. Although I don't think anybody really cares about well, that. Well, then the newest, the newest chapter. You heard what happened this weekend, huh? No, I haven't paid any. Oh, the somebody got arrested for DUI. Yeah, assistant coach. Uh, from he was the, he was one of the Colin guys. Remember when they filled their whole staff up with JUCO guys? Oh yeah. Well, in they, January. That's the other thing too is if one you pay any attention to stay, they've made sellout hire. I say sellout. Yeah. They've made hires for sh- with short term views in mind. I don't oh, know. That's yeah. it's. But I think Mullen knows he's. Mullen's trying to win and get out. How many more years does Mullen coach state? Here's our random discussion. Um, see, here's the problem, John. Is you could ask this before every season, and it, it's like, well, if it's up to Mullen, it would be only one more. But like, I I think I, he's proven that he cannot get another gig. Well, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. I think I think at this point he's proven that he's gonna have to go to like a Rutgers or something. Like he's gonna have to take a step down and take a pay cut to get out. It looks like. Yeah. So I, I mean, honestly, four point two million. I'm not sure he's gonna do it, John. Like. He's a he's a prideful guy. I think he might just ride this out as long as he can. If like if if it means taking a two million dollar pay cut and also having to go down like um, he's a not level, do. and then I think he's just gonna ride it out. 
State can't really replace them, if, if, even if they want to. I mean, who else? I mean, they can pay someone four million. We apparently we've learned. We're cutting out. I guess they. No, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. What well, I, I thought Please. I could hear you. No. Nah, State can pay four million, but who's going to want that job? Who's going to want Jeez. that job? What about now? Yeah, who's going to want that? Who's going to want that job? Because you're second tier in a state that doesn't have enough. You have, you have, have enough to beat players. Hugh Freeze. You have to beat Hugh Freeze. Yeah, because you're going to your second your second tier program in a state that doesn't have enough players. It barely has enough players for one school, for really being honest. And then you have Alabama, and you're in that division. I, that's just not an attractive job. Who who has ever gone to state and then use that as a leap pro, leap is is a, a launching pad to another job? I mean, if Dan Mullen can't do it, then who can? Yeah. Or is it strictly just that he doesn't – just his agent preventing him from getting a job and somebody says, okay, if I have Sexton as my agent, then I can go in there and get in and get out. Because, I mean, James Franklin used Vandy as a, as a leapfrog job. So I think if, if you can yeah. do that, then it's possible anywhere. Maybe it's just an agent thing. I don't know. But Yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, but I so just don't know. I don't know. know and Mullen beats teams he's supposed to, so he'll – What up-and-coming coach is picking that stop when you have – other jobs that are going to be available, I feel like. I mean, when Texas comes up, um, when LSU comes up after Miles is gone, they're going to be some some second tier jobs that open up. Like, if I'm an up and coming coach, I go to like the ACC or somewhere. If I'm an up and coming coach, I want to go to Houston after Herman or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's proven as a ground with someone and Herman's or hell. Get- I'll go to, I'll go to ASU for a year. I'll go be Arkansas state for a year and then take like the Kentucky job after Stoops is gone or something like that. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather be Kentucky in the East than state in the West. So I'm an up and coming coach just because it's like, look at, look at Mullen's overall record at state. It's been severely hurt because he plays some of the best teams in the country every year. If he was at, if Mullen was at Kentucky, he'd probably have what? 10 more wins on his overall record. Whereas the East is set up to win, like Missouri won the East two years ago. Exactly, in exactly. That's if, if they I'm did that, coach. it's conceivable Kentucky can steal. Now, if Georgia gets up and running, like what it's capable of, yeah, the East know, becomes a little bit more difficult. Becomes to, different. And, and plus, it, you got you got McIlwain in there. Does McIlwain get Florida where it can go? I think so. It, I think McIlwain does whatever it takes to I, win. I think Georgia and Florida are about to. I think now. I think Kirby's going to need a. I think he needs a couple years, but I think they're about to kind of reestablish themselves in the East and then Tennessee's committed to doing whatever we've seen that. So I think this is it, what Jones last year. We can. Yeah. I t- so that's I t- another job. I mean, who's taking the Tennessee job? That's a good, well, we'll see. I know we've talked about previewing uh, the West and Ole Miss opponents, but we need to do a Tennessee preview. Cause oh, that's, yeah, no doubt. that's a fascinating situation because they've, They've basically, when you look at the off the field stuff, they've gone all in on this season. And you look at the, I mean, first year coach Georgia, Florida's got to bring in a court. I mean, Tennessee should win that division, and they should, they should. And they're, I mean, they're they're getting put in the preseason top ten. Which, how in the hell do you? I mean, Josh Dobbs is getting overhyped because they need something more hype than Chad Kelly. Have we already done this, John? I think we might have. But so Appalachian State, they're obviously going to win that. I yeah. think we've done this. They played Virginia Tech at Bristol Motor Speedway. They, I, I, I want to watch that just because I think it's funny they're playing it at Bristol Motor Speedway. Like I want to see two hundred thousand people at a football game. Yeah. Um, 
They play Ohio. Yeah, basically all of their games happen in one six-game stretch where they have to play Virginia Tech, Ohio, Florida, at Georgia, at A&M, Alabama at home. After that, I mean – What's that stretch again? Okay, so it's six games. Yep. Um, six games in six weeks, no off Screw days. Virginia Tech and Ohio. What's that four game conference stretch? That's, Florida. That's... It's Florida at Georgia at A and M, Alabama and Nayland. Oof. Yeah, that's tough because I think Bama at the end of that they'll that's, be jacked. It's really tough, and their open date comes after Bama. Like it's just not yep. not helpful. Yeah, that's well. See, the problem, the, the only reason Florida, I think Georgia for the division are the keys. They need to win those two games. The reason I think that Virginia Tech is interesting on the front of that swing is because they're kind of playing with house money, given you know how much hype is around Tennessee. It's, like they, Fuente, they get a, is, Fuente is good, but it's a first year transition. They get a free shot. I'm just saying they get a free shot. If Virginia Tech wasn't terrible last year, let's not let's remember that. It's not like Fuente's taking over a dumpster fire. He's taking over a, a coach stepping down, yeah, like retiring. Yeah. And Tennessee can outpick it. So yeah, exactly. It, it, it'll be fascinating it, to watch. I, I think it's going to be. A, it's it, maybe it won't be a game in the fourth quarter, but I think in the second quarter is going to be a game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that so. But that's a brutal stretch though. In in four weeks, Florida at Georgia at A and M Alabama. But I mean, what do we really think about A and M this season? A and M's been soft since Johnny left, and they, it's not like they were like bruising back then they just had a really good quarterback i mean someone's dead man walking unless trevor knight can come in and and play like he did in the sugar bowl against alabama pretty or close to that consistently throughout the year then you, you want to know john you want to know an interesting game uh september 17th a&m at auburn that is a very interesting game. We yeah, will be distracted with other things that day. Oh yeah, but after 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 the dust settles, I'll definitely look around and see how everybody else did that day. Um, I, to me, that's interesting just because I don't. Those are know two what coaches either. that are kind of on the yeah. seat. I agree. And then it's two offensive guys. It's 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 interesting to me. It's basically uh, you remember remember a couple that of games years ago? in Auburn. Yeah, it's it's at Jordan Hare. Remember a couple years ago when everybody was talking about how offense was taking over the SEC and Gus and Sumlin and all those guys were like the future of the conference? And then, look at it, Saban's still on top a couple years later. I mean, I don't know. But he's, had, but he's had to let Lane open up the offense. He's not True. old school. Well, I, 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 I think sometimes he's overthought that. I mean, look at what happened in the Ole Miss game last year where I feel like they, they might have run too much, too much hurry up. I don't know. I don't know. Um, how's Arkansas going to be this year, John? I mean, they it basically do Arkansas fans let Bielema rebuild again? Like, do they have patience gotta, for that? Because you they got, enjoy you gotta replace miss. your backfield, your best offensive pass catcher, and your quarterback and, who is really good. And your good tackles, game. right? Your offensive tackles that were so the, the pride of your team. I think you get them back. Oh, really? I thought he had to replace some of those finals this year. This is his fourth back. season, right? Yeah, but I think he gets most of them back. Okay. Well, that helps definitely. But yeah, you got to replace uh, probably the most underrated quarterback in the SEC last year. Well, besides Chad Kelly. Um, we will see. It'll be interesting. We can get into all that. I guess the other football news is that Ole Miss did get a linebacker commit last night. Josh, yeah, kind uh, of. 
Josh Clark, yeah. Kind of in the same boat as Brian Jones, you know, still still waiting to see what's going to happen if he gets an LSU offer. I feel like there's less scuttlebutt about him getting an offer, but maybe. Who, I mean, who can LSU see? just not take, like, there's just too many Louisiana prospects for LSU to take them all? Is that what's going I on? I think so. That's crazy. That's such a. I think between Brian Jones and Clark, you can maybe keep one of the. Maybe you split them with LSU. I'm guessing. I'm guessing you keep Clark over Jones. I would agree. I think Jones is going to LSU probably. Yeah. Um. So. But but, but L, I mean, like A and M went and got Speedy Noel out of New Orleans. Yeah. That's possible. True. But that it, it's a little different to recruit a wide receiver to A and M to recruit a linebacker to Ole Miss. I mean, yeah, you know, um, and also especially if you're a wide receiver, couldn't you be talked out of going to LSU pretty easily? Oh uh, well, they got a lot of guys in the pros. I know, yeah, and they they run the pro style, but but still, I don't know. You look um, at, yeah, you look at what you do in college versus what I mean. It's kind of a weird deal. Totally huh? true. I think it depends on the kid. I mean, it, I think different pitches work on different kids. Um, some kids want to catch, you know, sixty balls as a freshman, yep. and some kids are just care about getting drafted. Yep. And and wow. the draft thing is why Alabama does so well. Exactly, and Ole Miss is able to sell. I mean, they're, they're I mean, the rivals five star challenge Atlanta this past weekend. There were quotes some kids saying, "Yeah, we saw Laramie Tunsil go, you know, high on the draft, and you know, interested in playing, you know, Ole Miss so let's, now." Let's School. talk about that, John. We've we've had a little. Um, we, we've discussed it a little bit. After the draft, we mentioned, you know, having Cooper and Tunsil taken, definitely a big turnaround uh, in offensive line play after what we saw the first couple years under Freeze. But now, you know, with the class Ole Miss just signed, with the potential recruits in this class on offensive line, I mean, Ole Miss could really go from, from last to first, uh, you know, in metaphorically speaking, uh, I don't know if that's even the right word, but they, but basically go from the offensive line being the the worst unit on the team to being one of the strengths of the team in just a couple of seasons here. Are you saying the offensive line is going to be a strength this year? No, I'm saying if you were to sign Walker Little and Trey Smith, yeah, add, I could see 2018 O line Greg being Little, Bryce Matthews. I mean, that's that's stacked. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's four really highly rated tackles right Bryce there. Matthews is a guy that nobody talks about but he's important because he can give them depth oh, yeah. this year oh yeah potentially no doubt. no doubt I we'll see we'll see what happens but Ole Miss is in on Trey Smith and Walker Little right now both really highly sought after tackle prospects um you know I think ben they Brown can get might, Walker might Little and Marvin to Wilson deal. together that'd be just yeah, oh, that'd be Christmas. That'd be peachy. And then let's get the a focus. Cuda. The focus of this class is on defense. They need corners. Sounds like all these guys, are, most of them are settled in at safety. They need corners, safety or two. They need three. They need four linebackers. They need three studs and one guy that can be kind of a project. Yeah, and take, they need five or six defensive linemen. They need six take, defensive take, linemen. Take linebackers, take defensive backs, take tackles, and then give me like – just a couple offensive tackles. I think. I mean, on offense, you don't need tight ends. You don't need wide receivers. Uh, you need. Uh, Cam you, know, Akers. you need. You need receivers. You need two receivers. You need Cam Akers just because he's. You need. You need one or two running backs between talent. Um, you need. See, I think this is where Hugh. I think this is where Freeze has kind of uh, outthought himself. But you start. You start thinking about, well, I do need, you know, a couple receivers. Well, I do need this offensive talent. And then, you know, we end up with no linebackers. I don't know. They, they, you look at a foot, like you look at a football hot list for Ole Miss. They're, they're clearly going to 
defensive side of the ball. They know and understand. Well, they that. have to. They really have to after the last class. Because yeah, they got the offense. I mean, they need they need on offense. They need Cam Akers, a couple of receivers, and offensive tackles, and then a guard. They need a guard as well, just because you need a guard. Right. Yeah. Have, have you heard talk of uh, Didi Bowie being a corner, perhaps? That's where he's listed at right now. Yeah, he plays corner and receiver in high school, I think. So that's interesting too. If 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 he's one of your defensive back recruits, do you take you also go look for another four star receiver? Oh yeah, you need. They're going to add at least two more receivers if you think Bowie is a receiver. They're like Bowie's going to play. Defense. Yeah, I know they're in on. I know they're in on some guys at Cedar Hill where Demarcus Lodge went. Um, and also, Quincy went there too, right? And I don't know if they're going to sign a stud receiver like a really, really big time guy. But probably sign- not after the receivers receiver. they signed last year. I, I mean, think they 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 sign one. They're going to sign one inside guy and one outside guy. Receiver. At the same time, though, I mean, having the pitch of Shea Patterson as a redshirt freshman, or well, not a redshirt freshman, as a as a true sophomore, perhaps. Uh, I mean, that's got that's got to be appealing to freshman wide receivers. I mean, to high school wide receivers. The, I would the think. biggest thing on offense is they need they need at least at least one of those offensive tackles, if not both. If they can somehow get both, then that'd they be, need be great. they need Cam Akers. Yeah, they they have to get him. No doubt about that. Yeah, and Cam Akers is generational talent from what everyone you know is saying right now and has been saying for two years almost. It's interesting I mean, that Cam White, another guy out of Clinton, did not have State in his top seven. Yeah, I mean Cam Akers. Cam Akers doesn't have state in his top ten. I mean that's interesting to say, and I think that because because all these kids will talk about going to these national programs. The signing gets closer and closer. The pressure to stay closer to home always always uh, intensifies, and most time that leads to a kid picking in state. If you're not, if you don't have to sit there and compete with state for it for these guys, you know, for him. Oh yeah. John, what do you give me? What's your take right now on uh, on Willie Gay? They need to get him. I think. Yeah, he's... but but he's committing. He's committing before his high school season starts. I mean, we know AJ Brown chose Ole Miss on signing day, but can you imagine a kid from Starkville High School committing to Ole Miss before his senior season even starts? I think, I think Ole Miss is in great shape for I him, think, but still, I think AJ broken broken invisible barrier there to but, where but now. But John, it's so it's so different. You know, it's so different committing then and committing at the end of the cycle. Uh, I think Willie Gay likes Ole Miss and is going to go. I think so too. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is in great shape for them. Uh, for him, I mean, sorry, and Cam Akers. I think Willie. Gay, I think Willie Gay can nullify the drama by doing it early because everybody's like, okay, he's going to go do what AJ did. Maybe so. Uh, so his girlfriend runs track at Ole Miss, signed with Ole Miss, and um, he, he also he has Ole Miss's recruiting uh, hashtag in his bio on Twitter. He's 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 probably going to commit to Ole Miss this summer. It seems like it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, him get Clark to campus, Phillips, the other big time guy who. Sounds like he yeah. would probably commit to Ole Miss if the NCAA, the NCAA decision is going to be key for all these big-time national Right, guys. so we haven't, we haven't said that explicitly. We were talking about it before the show, but a, a lot of people are in wait-and-see mode right now with these recruits on the punishment. What's Ole Miss's final punishment going to be? That's what everyone's wondering. And it doesn't – if they, they, could, they could tack on five scholarships, that's fine. Is there a postseason ban or not? It's the biggest thing. Ole Miss needs a Ole Miss just needs a verdict saying we're not going to have a postseason ban. I mean, one of their right. recruiting lines has been we make, we won the Sugar Bowl without eighty five. Like scholarship limitations, not a big deal. And you can, and if players like the coaches, then they're going to you know be fine. With it. They're not going to scholarship limitations. Nobody cares about because it, it doesn't affect them directly. 
Right. They're still going to get their scholarship. Postseason right, right. ban affects their playing time. You could even have a, you know, you could even have an assistant coach get suspended for like a game or something, which I don't know why. Derek Nix. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Nobody's going to really care. So. No, no one's going to care about that. It's it's postseason ban for sure. They just um, need they need a verdict that says no postseason ban, and they're good to go. That's, yeah, and, and and some kind of just uh, NCAA finality on the number of scholarships. Just, I mean, like you said, the kids don't really care about that. But as long as there's not a a ruling made, I think they're going to be able to get in their head and say other schools are going to be saying that stuff. The only postseason ban I can think of is Ohio State had a one year ban. That's because Trussell lied. To them. I mean, they signed documents lying to the NCAA. Yeah. Uh huh. And, and the NCAA, as we all know, takes that more seriously than any all other. the. I mean, the NCAA redid the bylaws to where the head coach is more responsible for stuff and can't and can't plead ignorance as easily. Right, right. But which is probably how it should be. Uh, I think they've gotten what they want to out of Ole Miss. I would think, and they're probably on, at some point you got to get tired of screwing with it. They, I, t- I, I think the attention on Baylor. Helps Ole Miss. Not only for me, it's like I also think if the NCAA comes down even harder on Ole Miss than what has been announced, then it kind of looks like the NCAA has their priorities in the wrong spot. You're worried about hammering Ole Miss for sixteen thousand dollars of impermissible benefits over over a three year million and a half dollar investigation. That's only on Ole Miss's side. God knows what the NCAA spent versus Baylor is got this is a completely separate and more serious issue and yet they won't even get involved with that i think the i think the ncaa just kind of wants to sit there quietly at this point given all the baylor attention speaking of uh, have you heard that they're trying to bring him back yeah that's just that's wild man i'll tell you the state of texas has multiple 40 to 60 million dollar high school football stadiums Uh and it is the culture there so i mean the Friday Night Lights culture has gotten to the point where it's just absurd and nobody can think straight. And especially in Baylor, I, the other pet peeve of mine is all these private institutions get more protection than what uh, they should have between Baylor. Notre Dame has something, you know, will have something happen. You don't get the details of that because they can uh, hush it. Vanderbilt, you know, has had the whole, they had the rape case a couple of years ago. These schools, can, you can't, they can't go in and hold them. And really, you well, you know, can't there, see there, the there's a there's a second trial going on right now because there was a mistrial for the first trial on the rape case. Which one? The it's uh, terrible. No, all of them. All of them are being retried. The Vanderbilt rape case. Vanderbilt one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's terrible. It's just very upsetting. Um, Stanford yeah. as well. Uh, Stanford is in applied football. The Stan- uh, I guess it's a separate issue. This whole Stanford swimmer that's had the, the yeah, this is not, not so much sports, but also more of a awful. that's more of just of a judge being bought also off. So awful. Well, which is a joke, but yeah. Well, the news, and apparently he. Uh, I mean, this is really not related to our show, but apparently the newest part of that story is he also like sent pictures of her body while she was passed out to his friends, and then later deleted them. And it's like, I don't. I mean, are they gonna have to have a new trial for that? Like, how is that not a relevant detail? How does that judge not rule for? I mean, they recommend at least six years. How do you not? You know? Yeah, get I know. That's, ridic- that's ridiculous. That's- but anyway, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, one pretty off topic of the show. But uh, speaking of, we're speaking of the football stadiums in Texas. How you liking the new look of Vaughn Hemingway? Um, I want to see the finished product. It looks good. I think they're gonna have was it? 
what's the some family's done a bell tower it looks like yeah 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 um that looks good i forget the name i was gonna say the name of the so it's gonna look it's gonna look really good when you're inside the stadium yeah. From from the north, walking from the Grove to the stadium, it's going to look kind of weird because the stadium basically is built to overhang the FedEx building because – and the Star Center, is that what it's called? Because they don't, cause they don't want they to tear it down. They didn't knock those down, is that right? No, it just kind of overhangs it. It's kind of weird. But from the inside, awesome. it looks awesome. It's going to be – The key is the TV shot inside. Yeah, it's going mean, to look honestly, really good on TV. Honestly, if they put that bell tower up, they'll, they'll make that foyer look decent. I, I think it's going to look great on TV. It's going to be a totally different atmosphere inside the stadium just because, you know, actually having a bowl. But – um. Yeah, I, I think we still have long, exterior long work term. To do. They can go in and add suites to that end zone if they need to. Because I mean, well, long term, I think they have to tear those buildings down and, and yeah, more structure and have more. Of and, a, and it was mirror the south structure. end zone, so right, they have. Right. But that's an I old think that's, I mean, that's very realistic. If the university keeps growing. I think in ten or fifteen years, I could see that happening. No doubt. So, hey, I figured I, I didn't. I saved this for the pie. I just thought of it now. Right. Figured out what if I ever make a large donation to the university. Figured out what I'm going to do. Somebody didn't beat me to it. Tell me. Is I'm going to buy a live bear mascot. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Well, you know, you basically. The question is, is what the question is what to name it? Because I'm only going to do it if I can name it. Like I get to stipulate the name. And I was thinking we could, you know, if Chad wins SEC title, can name the bear Chad. But that's I don't know if I want to go. That would be tight. I refuse to name it Manning because that's just too mainstream. That's that's lame. Um, what, about, what about what about like uh, LT? Name of Laquan. Uh, Laramie would be hysterical. Uh, yeah, no, that would be no. Um, I I'd kind of settled. Well, uh, the, the sarcastic side of me would would say name it Sherman, but <laughs> that wouldn't fly, and I I agree to that. But I was thinking oh, Faulkner because I think yeah, Faulkner, Faulkner would be good. Faulkner or, the uh, bear would be good, and it kind of makes us sound like prestigious and academic too. But right, he's also exactly. a drunk, so that fits in well. I mean, that, I would, think, that would be good. I like that. I like Faulkner. I think, but uh, if but anybody, John, but there's your there's our Twitter topic of the week. Tweeted us what the name of the bear should be. Well, John, it's that you couldn't just buy a bear because first of all, you don't buy that stuff. No, you like, got an endowment that maintains trade. it. See, here's and the, well, also here's, you got it. You got to pay to build the enclosure. So my question is, yeah. where you put where are you putting the enclosure? In the middle of the circle, somewhere else. No, not middle of the circle. See, that's the pro- we don't have a vet school. So this is how how, how right. do we out. I think we well, have. To, we do it the yeah. same way we do the grass in the stadium. We get Auburn grads to do it. Do we get state to take care of our bear? No, we get Auburn. That's what I'm saying. We we don't do that. We don't we don't let. Yeah, because Auburn. Stuff. Yeah, Auburn would. Yeah, I was trying to think of what other school to outsource this to. I think Auburn place. Auburn sees doing the grass in the. Stadium. We actually have Auburn doing the grass. I think so. That's what I heard. Auburn grads. We could either talk to A and M or Auburn to do this. Yeah. Well, I mean, got, I mean, like Texas doesn't have a vet school, who, do they? Who's got a vet school in the East that we don't play regularly? We um, uh, it needs to be a non-SEC vet school. Sure. Gonna go mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like Texas has Bevo, and they don't have the vet school, do they? Yeah, but they got so many people in recent. They, they have a whole. I'm just, I'm just saying, you don't have to have a vet school. Dedicated to care of Bevo. What does LSU have a vet school? Yeah, they do, right? Yeah. To take care of Mike. Um, we'll, we'll but still, out. no, John. I think you have to. You have to. I mean, where are you going to put the enclosure? This is an important part of the question. Yeah, where's his habitat going to be? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, are they, what are they going to do? They, they say they make make the tad pad a green space. We could have Faulkner. Yeah, the, but I'd rather have him. I'd rather have him like in the middle of campus somewhere, wouldn't you? Uh, do we want the bear in the middle of campus? 
I don't want it like on the on the ring road. Like I want it like in the walking part of campus. So everybody walk by Faulkner. Yeah. Well, but what about what about like in front of the student union? Like uh, you know, like Grove Plaza. Yeah. Although, what are you gonna do? Put him in a cage out there? No, it's not a cage. You like dig it down so that you're like above him on all sides, and he's like down in the middle with like uh, rocks and stuff. Campus, you're gonna take up too much tailgating space. Nah, dude, it'd be cool. Yeah, maybe not I in the Grove. The maybe not in the Grove, but I think still in the middle of campus. The best thing. That's that's my best idea. No, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking like uh, the quad. The quad. What do you mean by the quad? We have uh, a like by by the library. Yeah, we have a quad. We oh, like, or like five, five mu fountain. fountain. Yeah, there's room over there, like near the cafeteria. You could build something over there. It's kind of uh, shady. I, I, I can buy that. I can get into that. We'll see. We'll keep, give us give us some suggestions on Twitter, folks, uh, for where you would put Faulkner yeah. the Bear. Or if you have other ideas for names, uh, send those over as well. We call him Bucky, like after State fan's name for Freeze. Um, bear. Let's see what else. What what else we got to talk about this week, John? That's pretty much it. I think we covered it. We were talking a little about finals before. Uh, and we'll, guess we'll, get the, we'll get into football previews next time. Like, yeah, let's let's before our next show, we'll pick a couple of teams to preview. I mean, the Tennessee and A and M that we did earlier that wasn't a real. We'll we'll do more in depth. We'll look at returning starters. A and M's tied for that. seventh vet school in the country. Georgia's got a good vet school. Let's get Georgia to do this. We can okay. work with Georgia because Athens and not. Yeah, okay. We That's can work. We can work. So with we're going to start there. We'll start negotiations there. We can work with Georgia. All right, Base, I like that. Uh, we can, LSU's up there. Tennessee, Knoxville will not be touching this. My question, my question, John, uh, if if someone that had the funds to do this went to Bjork, would he be in? Like, I I'm not sure that he would go for it right now. Why? I still think I still think that they're trying to court those those old racist donors like ten more years before they die. Well, I need a few years for to make make enough money to That's wear. Fair. No, no, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying if someone went to Bjork right that. now, do you think? I don't know if he'd go for it. Uh, you would buy the bear, then you can make a donation in addition to that. I think the bear would be a hit. I think it depends on you would it, go it would, conduct it would survey with, with kids. You like a live bear, and then everybody would everyone most would say yes. Oh, yes. And I think be it like, would Whoa. depend on who the donor is. You know, like it, how how important they are. Their future donations, how much Ross, you know, wants us. I don't know. Yeah. I think definitely everybody wants a live bear. That's all we voted for the bear to begin with, right? We thought we'd end up getting a live bear at some point. That's why I voted for it. Oh, I voted for the bear. But I don't remember, even remember who I voted for, to be honest. I bet you voted for the horse. No, I did not vote for the horse. Uh, did you vote for the I think I might have voted for the bear just because it was the least stupid. Yeah, me too. That's that's actually. But if we get a live bear, yeah, I didn't even think about the live bear. If we get a live bear out of this, then we'll be way me. cooler. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've Faulkner been to the bear. I like the name Faulkner because that Faulkner integrates. I like it too. The academic side of the university as well. I like it too, and the drunk side. That was a good point. But uh, I've been to Baylor. I've seen their bear enclosure. It's pretty sweet. It's cool. And obviously, Mike the Tiger is very cool. Yeah. Uh, I wish Alabama had a real elephant. That'd be hilarious, like a circus. Yeah, uh, they get a, they get pissy when you ask them why they don't have a live elephant. They're like, "That's not what we do." It's like, "Well, you have them." They get mask. pissy when you ask them anything. They're they're That's gumps. They're just pissy That's people. True. There's a lot. Yeah, I'm, I will say, leaving uh, the Panhandle here next week, I will I will not miss all of the Alabama T-shirt fans around here. It is sure amazing. Not. There's more Alabama fans here than Florida State fans, which so, is kind of. 
That is crazy. Um, and obviously that's Florida State country in the Panhandle. But what I noticed when I, I was driving, country. get it right, Paul. This is about, it's about well, when I was driving through Florida, though, it was right after McIlwain was hired. This is a year or two ago, and I yeah. noticed a, a lot more Florida gear than they had under uh, what's his face Must. They never embraced Muschamp. I don't think so either. Yeah. Because he was so, the guy that followed Urban that won two titles. That was never yeah. really going to work. Now McElwain has a chance to do something, I guess. But It's funny. Should. Wait, they're both Alabama assistants, huh? Muschamp and McElwain? Um, was yeah. Muschamp a Saban guy? Yeah. Yep. That's pretty funny. But McElwain is his own dude. No doubt. So. No doubt. But still. Muschamp's I mean, just – You can't, you know, you can't deny your coach. He's the tree. ultimate assistant. I, I still can't believe Carolina high. Him. That's Me neither. I, I don't see that going well, but uh, we'll see what happens there. That'll be fun. Um, all right, so yeah, we'll we'll end there for now. Um, let's see, John. What I don't know what's going to happen between now and next week, but I guess we'll figure it out. Like I said, we'll like you said, actually, we'll get into some of our football previews because um, that's pretty much where we're at. Football season. Let's see. SEC media day is probably about a month away. Fall camp going to start what two or three weeks after that, first of August. I mean, it'll be here before we know it, John. I mean, we're already halfway through June. Yeah, here. but fall camps, there, there's not going to be much access. It's going to be all a bunch of helter skelter. Yeah, but fall camp, you still follow every day just to make sure no one tears your ACL. Yeah, it's still, that's it's true. Still, it's still exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm toning not, down also, my dude, intensity until September 5th. Nah, um, dude, fall camp's going to be intense this year. Greg Little? Uh, they're going to say he's coming. I, 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 I'm not going to believe anything until I see the game. You don't have to believe what comes out of fall camp, but you can't deny this fall camp is going to be important. Yeah, it is important. We're just not going to be able to stand. I'll still be excited about it, I'm sure. But, of course, yeah, hell, the we'll, coaches won't yeah. know until things stand until they play football September 5th. But Yep, yep, and that's going to be – We just got to figure out who's going to be who, – I mean, last year we had Rod Taylor's shoulder. We had the whole ton sure. yeah, no, We know. Quiet offseason. No, we know some dumb shit's gonna go down in July or August. We know it. It'll be something dumb. Looking maybe forward. maybe next week. Think about it, John, and we'll try to predict. Uh, Rod Taylor is a great guest. We'll try to predict what current player might end up in the news negatively in the month of July. Yeah, hypothetical headlines. We can play hypothetical that. headlines. Yeah, I think Rod Taylor is a great bet. Uh, just off the top of my head, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, maybe Tony Bridges. That's a candidate. It's possible. I could see that. I could see that. I like Tony, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, need to, I need to do some more thinking about it. I think we can come up with better candidates for sure. Freeland Obviously, already had DWI. Freeland already did. Obviously, the Morier, the Morier is a bit unstable. Kind of an unhinged individual. Yeah, that's true. Um, we'll see. But yeah, we'll, we'll now, uh, end there now. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. I'm all messed up right now. We will end there for now. Thank you for listening. Um, of course, you can always subscribe on iTunes. Check out our website, LandtrucksAfterDark.com. Um, follow us on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Um, tune in again next week, like I said, and we'll talk SC football, whatever else comes up between now and then. But for now, uh, for John, I'm Justin. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.